So, Harry, mm -hmm. if you could be magicked into any TV show in the world, past, present, sure. and be part of that world and have to blend into it. You nearly said future then, didn't you? Nearly said future, but that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're pitching your own. Uh, what TV show would you choose? Why? Okay. Um, my initial reactions are to go with something like Doctor Who or Star Trek, because sure. I reckon that would make a good episode. You'd be, you'd be dead in minutes, surely. Well, it depends which character I, I I end up being if I'm if I'm the Doctor's assistant for whatever. You've got a few seasons or, in, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'll be all right. If I'm Star Trek, as long as I'm not wearing a red shirt, I'm good. Okay, sure. But I think it's too obvious. I'm gonna go with Teletubbies. Teletubbies. Okay. Yep. Explain. They have a good time. Mm -hmm. They're always happy. Yeah. When the sun's not up, they go to sleep. Yeah. It's great. Like <laughs> they're they're never awake when they don't want to be. Sure. Um. Whenever they get bored, the Hoover comes in, does a little dance. It's it's a good time. Okay. They, they eat custard. Yeah. I, I like the idea of that world. Are you, are you suggesting that you've based your life around the teachings of the Teletubbies? Yeah. If I could take out my internal organs yeah. and replace it with a television. Sure. I would. Well, there's plenty of room. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Boxer, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Pleasantville. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the ideas they have posted on our Facebook and Twitter. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most Technicolor t-shirt. It's black. It's got colours on it. What are you talking about? There's yellow, there's red, there's green. I guess. And joining me as always, the host with the most pre-cooked dinners in the fridge, is John Lucas. Always. Always. I like to be prepared. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Pleasant Vildren. Yeah. This was your choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I liked it. Why did you choose it? It's been on my list for a while, because mm -hmm. I, I watched it a long time ago, mm -hmm. before I knew what sex was. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, which yeah, So last year? Which, <laughs> very funny. Uh, which, uh, you know, I forgot how much of a thing was in this film. Sure, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been on my list for absolutely ages to come to come do it on the podcast, but I just keep forgetting until now. Yeah, well, good pick. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this it too. This film was a d delight. Like I watched, yeah. especially the first hour of it, I just watched the entire film with a big smile on my face. It was just, <laughs> it's just very fun to watch. Yeah. But I also saw it years and years ago yeah i think i knew what sex was it was like 1998 <laughs> it'd be weird <laughs> if i didn't when it came out but yes i didn't remember a lot of it i remembered enjoying it but mm. yeah a lot of the stuff about that I'd, I'd forgotten you're right because the the premise of this film it kind of is would make you think it'd be sort of like big mm. where it's not yeah, necessarily yeah. like a film for kids i think anyone can enjoy big mm -hmm. but it's definitely very tame mm. whereas this film actually kind of pushes the boundaries a little bit and it's got some quite dirty jokes in it and it's yeah. <laughs> it's quite and that makes it all the more entertaining yeah it actually it, re it really goes to some places that you wouldn't really necessarily expect a film with this kind of concept to go to no. which really really entertained me mm -hmm. yeah so i really enjoyed it i thought the last half maybe the last third yeah when it decided it suddenly it was going to be just out there, just be a very special film about racism mm -hmm. without actually introducing any black characters. Mm -hmm. It lost me a little bit, but it was a weird one. Yeah, because it was it was a good way to tell a message. Mm -hmm. Sure, but it was it was weird to talk about racism without having a single black person on screen. I did and find I, that odd, and, and I know why they did it. Like, sure, it it would turn into an entirely different film if they did put a black person in this film. Sure, yes, exactly. That would be a different and, film. Yeah, if, and, like, and Toby Maguire's character was played by. A black character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought it was done really well. No, it was for the most part, definitely. And I thought that like that they wanted to give a message about uh, oppression. Sure. Little heavy-handed, that's all I'd say at the end. That's yeah. All, yeah. Yeah, sure. Especially because the first hour was just pure fun. And it was still well-written well the way they did it, though. Yeah, sure. No, it, it, it wasn't like it really went off the deep end. No. no it, was, it was definitely, it, yeah, like, for the most part, very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Take the phone off the hook and the plastic off the couch. That's right, it's the Pleasantville Marathon. 24 hours chocked full of pure family values. Featuring the warm greeting. Honey, I'm home. Proper nutrition. Do you want some more cookies? And of course, 
Safe Sex. Why it's a scrapbook of all your favorite Pleasantville memories. There's trouble at the barbershop, firemen for a day, the big game, and who could forget Bud gets a job. So join all your favorites, Mary Sue, Bud, George and Betty, and oh yes, Mr. Johnson at the soda shop. Flashback to kinder, gentler times on the Pleasantville Marathon. This Friday only on TV Time. Sorry, should I do a plot summary then? Hit me, yeah. Okay. So, Pleasantville is 1998, I think it was. I believe, yes. Starring Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Who, she has not aged a single day. No, she looks identical. She's got, like, J-Lo syndrome, definitely. Reese Witherspoon, she could probably still, like, come back to this role and it'd be <laughs> set at the same time. Yeah. Like, that's how good she looks. And mm -hmm. how old is she in this? Like, early yeah, 20s? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd imagine she, she must be in her early 20s, if not late teens, when she made this. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, so they are twins, and yeah, so she's a really cool kid in school. Oh, she's really cool. Um, she's so has, cool. Uh, <laughs> well, that would have come across better if I'd have said he's not very cool. Yes. Yeah, um, she's she's popular, he's not. He's a classic nerd. She's yeah. a classic pretty girl who likes the pretty boys. Yeah, she's the mean girl, yeah. Yeah. They couldn't be more different. Yeah. And then on a certain Friday night, he wants to watch a marathon of his favorite show, which is the TV show Pleasantville. It's mm -hmm. a 50s sort of sitcom. Yeah, a very, very like, yeah, 1950s, very retro, very mm -hmm. tame. Mm -hmm. Nothing bad ever happens. Very white, clearly. Yeah. 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 Sort of like the Archie comics. Yeah. As a 50s sitcom. It does seem to be strangely popular in the real world, in the, yeah. in the real world of this film, right? Because he's, he's even got a friend who's like quizzing him on it. I'm like, what? Yeah. In what universe in the 1990s are all these kids obsessed with i don't know but like the 50s so there's a marathon happening that night mm -hmm. and then the next morning or afternoon or something the next day at least there's a quiz happening although actually sorry to interrupt yeah i've just had a horrible realization yeah like this film was made in the 90s yeah it's not quite but almost, it's not that far off being the gap between when pleasantville the sitcom would have been yeah. broadcast and when these kids would have been sat obsessing about a show that's like 30 years old uh, it's not that big of a difference between kids today who love friends or young people today who love friends, really. 50s yeah. to the 90s, 90s to 2020s. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it, there. yeah. The, the same difference would be 80s to 2020s. So yeah, so yeah, there's another it'd be, like, it'd be like kids today loving Seinfeld. Sure. Well, no, Seinfeld's not from the 80s. It's from the same time as Friends. Uh, it's yeah. a little bit earlier, but mostly the same. It'd be like kids loving Cheers. Sure, yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting when you think of Friends as like, if you, look, if you think about the concept of this show, the 50s is such a completely different universe mm. to the 90s. And whereas Friends to here, maybe it doesn't feel like... I mean, in many ways it is, but... Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that, I mean, maybe that's for... That is strange. Yeah. Anyway, maybe that's for sequel territory. Carry on. Yeah. So he's obsessed with this old school sitcom. He's obsessed with this old school sitcom. There's a quiz happening the next day, just enough for... Uh, for the plot to prove that, like, he knows everything about this world. He's yeah. a total nerd for it. It's his favorite show. He knows every episode inside out. And there's a marathon coming on. And so he's, he wants to watch that marathon. Mm -hmm. Now, she has managed to get a date with the hottest guy in school. Mm -hmm. This date is that he's going to come over and they're going to watch some concert together or something. Yes. The reason Tobey Maguire is really into this sitcom, it's mm. implied, is because it presents this perfect, happy family where nothing ever yeah. goes wrong. Whereas in his own life, as well as him not being very popular, mm -hmm. his dad isn't on the scene. His parents have obviously separated. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he, I think he, he uses it as a form of escapism. And so yeah. at the beginning of this film, the mom, their, re their real mom, she's gone away for the weekend or something. So they're mm -hmm. kind of home alone, which yeah. is why I think Reese Witherspoon's character is bringing the, this boy back. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no parents around. So like... Mm -hmm watch them now unfortunately but very predictably um this concert on the telly and the pleasantville marathon start at the same time mm -hmm. so they both come downstairs and get their hands on the remote at the same time realize that, that they've got a bit of a conflict here she's expecting this guy to show up any minute but he wants to start the marathon like right away mm -hmm. they fight over the remote accidentally throw it against the wall it breaks and smashes mm -hmm. so now nobody can turn on this telly because it's it a telly a, that doesn't have a button it's a tv with no physical properties apparently yeah, yeah. I, I you know i can understand that that will probably that probably was a phase in tv mm. hardware history where Maybe. like hey remote controls are great no one actually uses the buttons anymore let's save a bit of money and not put buttons on the tv anymore and then a few years later people would realize oh no maybe yeah i can't remember a time when that was the, the thing but sure because i did wonder about that too i was like tvs have always had mm. physical things yeah but, but at least they address it yeah i mean 
we'll get to it. But the, the plot of this movie is, especially this early part, <laughs> clearly the, the writer had an idea. Like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. How do we make this happen? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they're just like, well, right, okay, let's just, let's not think about it. Let's just crowbar it in. Cause, yeah. Because what happens next is very like, well, go ahead. Yeah. So there's a knock at the door mm-hmm. and the random uh, man turns up and he is a TV remote salesman. Repairman. TV remote repairman. Sure, but he didn't repair the remote. He just, no, but he's he marketing himself as a repairman. Sure. Either way, he he, he comes in um, as if by magic mm-hmm. and uh, they have a whole conversation about how weird it is and then he just gives them this weird sort of space age, shiny metal remote just mm-hmm. saying like, that'll do the trick. Yes. And uh, yeah, they accept it and he goes on his way oh, before talking about Pleasantville for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then they carry on fighting over the remote, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they accidentally press one of the buttons and they both get sucked into the TV and they become Bud and Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. The, the children uh, from the main nuclear yeah. family in Pleasantville. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now they're in the TV show, fully in the TV show. It's black and white. And on the TV is the TV repairman. Mm-hmm. And I have a little conversation with him saying, well, he he just gets weirdly emotional. I didn't like his character. No, well, his character was a means to an end. They never really explained what his connection is with the no. whole universe. So it's more like he's just a reason for them to be stuck in this world. So. Yeah, yeah. He essentially leaves them there. He abandons them trapped mm-hmm. in the Pleasantville world. Yeah, so he leaves them there for a week to, you know, cool off or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, so they just have to live in this world for a bit. Yeah. Initially, it's just kind of like hilarity ensues, but then it really does escalate. Yeah, well, Toby Maguire, because it's his favorite show, he's kind of enjoying it. And he's all about staying in character and not mm. disturbing the kind of... The status quo. Yeah, the, the, the delicate balance of this sitcom universe. Yeah. Whereas Reese Witherspoon is having none of it. She has no patience for that whatsoever. So yeah, like he goes to school and well, one of the, the, there's lots of things that happen here. But one of the things that happens, um, he's in the gym mm-hmm. and he's he's on the baseball team, I think. Yeah. Nobody on the team can miss. Yeah. Like... No matter what they do, they always score a, perf- a perfect hoop. Yeah, I nothing, think, yeah. nothing but net. Mm-hmm. Like he kicks the ball, it bounces off, bounces off the wall, the ceiling, and then straight through the hoop. Yeah, not a problem. We'll come back to that. Yeah, there's, well, every, lot, of, yeah. there's a lot of jokes in this. There's lots of really good jokes. Yeah. yeah, but basically everything is perfect in this town. Everything is happy. There's no conflict. Yeah. Every, everyone always gets what they want, and it's very routine. Everything happens the same every week because it's mm-hmm. a sitcom. So it's, yeah. it's basically everything happens the same. Yeah, and what they quickly discover is that if there's any slight deviation from that, if mm-hmm. they break that in any way, then the characters become very upset mm-hmm. and very um, disoriented. So we see how, for example. Toby Maguire's character works in an ice cream mm-hmm. restaurant thing, yeah. like a diner, a fifties diner. And the restaurant owner played by Jeff Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, if he's late, if he's late for work, he doesn't send up on time. Jeff Daniels character doesn't know how to do the routine himself mm-hmm. of opening up the store and cleaning up afterwards. So you see, he's just been stood on the same spot, just polishing the same spot. So mm-hmm. it's worn right through the material on the table because yeah. he's trapped in this weird routine loop thing. And it, freaks him out when he's when anything kind of deviates from yeah. that yeah so and that's why toby Maguire is all about just keeping things the way they are and not not trying to challenge the characters because they get very upset very easily mm-hmm. but yeah as, as mentioned reese witherspoon she goes on a date with the with this guy paul walker paul walker oh it is paul walker isn't it oh yeah. r.i.p I, yeah. I forgot it was him yeah um yeah so she, she goes on a date with paul walker to lover's lane mm-hmm. which is the classic 50s makeout spot yeah where they're all having very chaste you know they're talking about how many dates they'll go on before they hold hands you know it's very, yeah. it's very very tame <laughs> and she's just and this is what really tickled me this is where the movie gets really fun because she's just like screw that i'm gonna suck you off or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they just basically have sex yeah <laughs> there and then his reactions to it mm. are great yeah because you got you got to remember like this is somebody who is learning about sex for the first time as it's happening and yeah. that's a good thing yeah and just his reactions to it are just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's really it's really fun. No, it's really, really fun. Yeah. So she sleeps with him or, you know, falls around with him anyway. Mm-hmm. And as he's driving, we, we probably didn't mention enough. The entire world is black and white. Yeah. The film, when they move into this, is filmed in black and white, essentially. Yeah. It's like a reverse Wizard of Oz. Yes, exactly. That's a very good description of it. It's a reverse Wizard of Oz where yeah. you go from color to black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after he's got lucky with Reese Witherspoon, as he's driving home he sees a single rose, which is in color. Mm-hmm. And that's the sign of what's going to continue to happen, mm. which is as the characters have their minds opened and experience new things, 
the world is going to go from black and white to color. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And this film is actually really, you wouldn't think to look at it initially, but this film is very, uh, visually stunning, visually amazing and really innovative with the way it's done. Cause yeah, you can film a film in black and white. That's, that's easy. Yeah. Probably cheaper. Uh, or you can film a film in color and just do the normal thing. But the fact that they mixed the two, apparently it was, it was incredibly difficult, like technically to, I'm sure it was. I'd love to watch the behind the scenes of mm. this because there are, there are some scenes that I've, I have no idea how they did. Yeah. It's stunning what they've done. Mm. Um, so like it, st- it starts off slow. Like you'll just get a rose or just like some wallpaper somewhere or somebody's tongue. Yeah. But then when it starts turning into like whole people mm. are turning color, but they're still in this black and white world. That's where it gets more interesting. But then after a while in some scenes, the ratio tips and it just becomes like one or two black and white characters in an entirely colored scene. Mm. It's like it's much later on. Uh, is it when the rain happens? But you know, when they're at Lovers Lane and Tobey Maguire is the still only black and white, the only character. black and white, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And it's so weird because it looks perfect. Yeah, and I have no idea how they did it. Like it could be makeup or, or something, but like it's flawless. I think I read it was. I mean, this, this is this kind of predates a lot of the digital technology that mm. they would do with it today, but. I think it was like really difficult frame by frame kind of decolorization or recolorization. Really? I think it was really meticulously done. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it did get nominated for best visual effects, I believe. Or something. Damn right. Yeah. As, as well, it should have been. Yeah. yeah. yeah it got off your Oscar nominations this morning. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love the way this film looked and not just like the blend of black and white and color. Mm. Regardless of that, this was still visually really interesting. Yes, it's a really visual film, and all the, the, the costume design and the sets are just really mm. great. And it's a real love letter to those old fifties sitcoms as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, what we discover, I guess, through the film is that they, as well as being in these kind of routines, the characters live in this incredibly sheltered existence where there's the town does there's nowhere beyond the two roads that make mm. up the town. So yeah. there's no outside world. No, they've got no concept of a life outside Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. If you get to the end of one street, it just circles right back. Yeah. So anytime that the, that Reese Witherspoon or Toby Maguire introduce a new concept to them, it kind of freaks them out, but it also mm. starts to bring them into color a little bit. Mm. So, so it cuts from Reese Witherspoon having sex with that one guy. Yeah. And then immediately like the next night you see that she's kind of introduced sex to the whole town. And then next, all the teenagers, all the kids mm-hmm. are just on the, it's just a big old fuck fest at that lover's lane, basically. <laughs> it's weird how nobody cares about privacy. No, 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 no. Well, it's a new thing for them. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then it sort of comes to one of my favorite scenes, mm-hmm. which was when Reese Witherspoon explains the birds and the bees to her own mother. Yeah. Which <laughs> There's a lot going on in this conversation. Yeah, which was, re- it was really interesting. Yeah. It's not the sort of scene that you see all the time, really. Well, I mean, this is another thing that, as I mentioned, the film kind of really glides over any plot holes mm. where does the mother think her kids came from i don't know like how does she think her kid, babies are made if not well she or she probably doesn't know like, no, yeah they just they're there yeah they always have been there as far as, as long as she knows sure and you know like she's never not been married to this man and that's you know that come that that becomes a plot yeah. doesn't it mm-hmm. where like she kind of gains independence yeah and uh yeah realizes that she is her own person she's not just this Perfect housewife. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I also love the weirdness of imagine having to give the sex talk to your own mother. Like yes, yeah. it's so weird. But I, I, I love the way that it ends when, like, you know, you you don't actually need dad for this. Yeah, that's the, that was yeah, that's the other yeah the great punchline of this is that so Reese Witherspoon explains how sex happens to her TV mother. Yeah, and she's like, oh my, your father would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and Reese Wilson's like, well, you don't need dad. And then we get, again, yeah. this film pushing some boundaries. The yeah. next, next scene we, we know, the mum's having a bath and she's she's having a wank. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. Another another really good scene, to be honest. It's it was, great. Well, well, it, was, she, it was really well done. She enjoys it's, it's herself so, so much. Go on. It's, it's, it's weird that, like, you'll get a scene of a woman wanking themselves yeah. and it can be made as this this really interesting scene that's really sort of, it's, it's fun to watch. Obviously, yeah. you don't see what's happening, but, like, you know, it's fun it's to artistic, sort of, yeah. yeah. If you, if you change the gender... It's just the lighthouse. It'd be very different, wouldn't it? It's literally just the lighthouse, Harry. It's a, it's a guy in black and white masturbating furiously. It's just the lighthouse. Oh, dear. Yeah. Mary Sue. Yeah? What goes on up at Lover's Lane? What do you mean? Well, you hear these things lately. Kids spending so much time up there. Uh, is it holding hands, that kind of thing? Yeah. Hmm. That and 
What? It doesn't matter. No, I want to know. Well, sex. Oh. What sex? Yeah, so she um, she gets a bit frisky in the bath, mm -hmm. and uh, when she finishes, mm -hmm. the tree outside the house explodes. Yes, a burning bush, very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because the scene is it builds and it builds and she starts seeing color and everything yeah, and yeah, yeah. like there's a lot of great face acting on this as well oh yeah it's uh joan allen plays the one by the way so yeah she's great she is she's really good in this and uh yeah like the scene builds as you know she's building and then the climax is a tree explodes yeah into and, flames yeah. yeah and also like you kind of think that oh, oh that's it and it's going to finish there then it goes off into a whole other thing with like Oh no! This tree is on fire. Yeah, there's nobody knows what fire is. Mm. Yeah, because we've seen earlier that the fire brigade all they ever do is rescue cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then it just kicks off straight into another scene, which I, just, I really appreciated the filmmaking there. Yeah, no, it's really well plotted at this point because everything follows on to mm. it. Really follows on nicely because they've already set up that fire isn't a thing because we yeah. Reese Witherspoon very early on says, look, you can't even set anything alight in this town because mm. she's got a lighter and then it just doesn't do anything because yeah. everything is so perfect. Yeah. And also they've established that all the fire brigade do is rescue cats who are caught in trees. Yeah. So now when this actual, actual fire explodes into being, nobody really knows what to do with it. Mm. And so Toby Maguire kind of becomes a hero because he puts out the fire or he helps the ambulance. So yeah, he runs brigade. all the way to the fire station mm -hmm. and uh, screams fire at them. Nobody moves. And then the joke is that he just goes, cat? Yeah. And they all just, they bolt. Burst like, into yeah, action. Yeah. And even like when they get to the tree, they're like, where's the cat? And he's like, no, just give me the hose. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's a really, a really good scene in a really good film. It's great, yeah. Um, what happens next? Uh, so after all this, the town, the young people of the town become, start becoming increasingly curious. We, we yeah. see how the spread of like sex has caused them to become more colorful themselves. They're starting to get like mm -hmm. colored tongues or colored faces or mm -hmm. colored hands or just fully colored. I, I I liked at this point when it's it's basically an STD. Yeah, when the tongues just go yeah. red. It's like, oh, she's got thrush. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it gets way more interesting later on, but like at this point, it's just an STD, and you're like, okay, you have sex, you you turn color. Yeah, cool concept. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm glad they build on it from here. Yeah. So, the so they, they all start to become much more kind of curious about the world than they ever have been before. So, mm. they start listening to rock and roll music as well. So mm -hmm. they're, they're really having like a revolution. Reese Witherspoon explains the plot of Huckleberry Finn, mm -hmm. and then it because another thing we established early on is that all of the books in the town mm. are blank. Yeah. There's no actual text in them. But when she explains the plot of Huckleberry Finn by magic, the text appears, and mm -hmm. so everyone starts reading all of a sudden, and it's like literacy spreading through the town, and mm -hmm. everyone's like learning about the concept of, that there might actually be a world outside Pleasantville. Mm. So that's all of the kids going through that. Um, also jeff daniels he takes up painting mm -hmm. he starts painting in all these colors and he starts developing this new kind of artistic life that toby Maguire encourages him to have yeah and also he goes from like having never painted before to being a very very well-established artist literally overnight oh yeah he's, he's obviously like this repressed genius yeah <laughs> like it especially comes like when when they do that mural at the end mm. on the side of the town hall or police station or whatever yeah and like you look at the detail of it, it's like, okay, I get it. Like he's supposed to be a really good artist. It was all just like hidden. Sure. But where did he learn how to actually paint those things? It's movie magic. <laughs> he saw the textbook and he copied it. And like also, that's not a thing you can do overnight. No. That's like you're gonna need to do multiple layers of different paints to to do a mural, a mural like that. Sure. It's not graffiti. Well, that's always a thing in movies when like the characters get together and paint a beautiful mural. It's oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. Like, how did nobody? And it's always it's always like the next morning someone walks past like a little kid delivering newspapers. Yeah. Like, oh my god! Spread <laughs> the word. Like nobody's walked past it while it's halfway done. It's only when it's finished. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, Jeff Daniels also has a little bit of an affair. Well, a lot of an affair with uh, with the mom. <laughs> it's the romance of the movie. The, yeah, they they have a whole fling. Yeah, yeah, they sleep together. He paints her like one of his French girls. He does. He fully paints her like one of his French girls. Yeah, um, which she seems to have no problem with. Like, at no point is she embarrassed or annoyed that it, there's a big naked painting of her mm. hanging in the town, like yeah. on the side of a massive building. Well, I mean, she's literally just found out she's got a naked body. True. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're discovering all sorts of things. Yeah, she ha- she hasn't yet found out that she shouldn't be showing it to everyone. True. Yeah, that's it. They are very naive. So <laughs> that's a joke they didn't do. Just people walk randomly walking around in the nude. True. Yeah, they could have done that, but uh, yeah, would have been a different movie. Mm. But yeah, so while all this is going on, all of the kids and some of the women as well are starting to broaden their horizons a little bit. Mm. Um, and then, but then we see like the the old white men of the town are starting to get very nervous about all mm. these changes, and they're not happy about it. Yeah, William H Macy plays the dad yeah. of the film. And he gets very distressed when the mom isn't he, there. He's anymore. great in this too. He's great in everything. Yeah. Yeah. He's well. He's playing his classic Will it, William H Macy sad sack basically. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. a role he's pretty much perfected. Mm, but yeah. yeah. But the scene when he comes home because he's he's the man of the house. So he, every day he comes through the door and he goes, "Honey, I'm home." And then there's beautiful mm-hmm. dinners and then mm-hmm. everything's always the same. And he comes home this day and the whole house is empty. And he's like, "Where's my dinner? Where's my dinner?" And just he just he's very distressed that he can't find his dinner. <laughs> it's it's a really fun scene. It is, yeah. Drink every time he says dinner. Yeah, or where's my dinner? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then him, he flees to the bowling alley and meets all the other men, and they all yeah. kind of all the men of the town decide to like crack down on all these dangerous new ideas and start to yeah. yeah. Well, they all share their nightmares of like how their wives are misbehaving, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no dinner anywhere. Like I thought there was something in, like maybe something in the oven, but no, it was empty. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. And then the other guy shows that like his shirt has got a burn from the iron on it mm. oh yeah and like all their wives are now imperfect in some form yeah because they're now completely lost without these like perfect home homemaker wives yeah also we should have mentioned that thanks to her discovery of wanking and extramarital sex mm-hmm. uh joan allen's character has become colored in the face yeah her face has become full color yeah uh, so she's hiding that from her from william h macy with makeup toby Maguire mm-hmm. shows her how to put makeup back on and again mm. that was a beautifully shot scene where it he's really applying was, the grey makeup onto her face again yeah greying her out so yeah there's all kinds of things going on for them because i guess that also she wouldn't know anything about makeup no i guess if, she probably wakes she probably wakes up like that yeah it's she? just on her face yeah that, that's it it's, she doesn't put it there mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know this film really does it really thought it through it does it yeah it, it certainly does either that or it just waves things away and doesn't really address them but <laughs> either way it's great like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't get too bogged down in its own detail in a way that i like yeah. it just it lets the audience make their own assumptions which yeah. is always preferable to me but then this scene of uh, him doing the makeup it's a very important scene because it comes back right at the very end which you know what we'll get to when we get to the end sure 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 yeah but uh, yeah, it's an, it's an important one. It's a good one. It's yeah, it's a very good scene. It's it's a very tender mother and son scene. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so the the men of the town are, st- are starting to crack down, and this is when the film becomes a bit more of a heavy-handed movie about racism. When mm. it literally says no coloreds, like yeah. it's, it's not even they're burning books in the street. There's, there's book burning. Yeah, there's seg- full segregation. Yeah, and the, mo- the mother nearly gets raped. Yeah, it, it goes dark. It really does go dark for a moment. Yeah, yeah. but it, it it was something that crossed my mind before it before it happened mm. um about like violence and rape and stuff and just things not going so well it's like okay so they've introduced all this new energy into the world mm-hmm. of like you know sex and drugs and rock and roll and yeah literally. like yeah uh, just all these things that this town has never imagined before you tell them to use their imagination well not everybody's good yeah so are we going to see any of that? And yeah, we do. Yeah, well, the town basically splits into two factions. There's the black and whites and there's the coloreds. And, mm. uh, and the coloreds are basically being shunned. And then they decide, in order to like unify things, the black and white, the, the men, like the middle-aged men, mm. they, they set up all of these incredibly restrictive rules about music and art and any anything that the coloured people are... I, I feel weird saying colored people, but yeah. that's, what they are. that's just what they are. They're the people who are in color. Yeah. I don't mean the colored people, but like <laughs> the people in this movie who are in color. Yep. They, it, it's very restrictive on all the things they do. So there's no, no, no art is allowed. No, no rock and roll music's allowed. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, and Toby Maguire kind of leads them, the people of color. Into, there's no way of saying it. It's just not, do, not possible. No. <laughs> um, he leads them. Every, everybody knows what you're saying. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm not a racist. Uh, <laughs> He leads them in a kind of a revolution and they stand up to the black and whites. And mm-hmm. it all ends, of course, as it always does in this kind of movie, it ends in a court case, in a courtroom scene. It's a good courtroom it's scene too. It's a decent courtroom scene, yeah. yeah. And so it's Toby Maguire defending the people of colour versus, <laughs> so versus the black and white yeah. judges. Yeah. And the way he manages to win his case is that he tricks them into expressing emotions and unrepressing themselves. Like mm. his he talks his dad into crying over the fact that his, his mum isn't there anymore. And then mm-hmm. he, st- he bursts into tears and he becomes colourful. Because basically in this incredibly repressed sitcom world, 
characters never feel real feelings. It's all yeah. just like very surface and placid. Yeah. And then when he gets the mayor, judge, main guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the judge, jury and executioner, basically. Yeah. JC Walsh. Yeah. That guy. He makes him really angry and the anger makes, makes him burst into color. Mm-hmm. So ultimately. And he's the only person who you actually see him turn into color. Like everybody else, like the camera turns away and then it turns back. Yeah. It's... But he's the only one that you actually see the transition. And I remembered that from the first time I watched it. And I remember it now. I remember that being a little bit powerful. Yeah. Just like is. he's the, fir- the first and only person that you see it happen to. Mm. Yeah. Um, it makes it all the more impactful, right? It's more yeah. impressive because you just, it's not like it's already been done. Like, mm. Yeah. The, the way they deploy the visuals is really good too. They do it mm. very minimally. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they managed to. I guess Toby Maguire manages to t- teach the town a valuable lesson mm. and then everyone becomes... And everybody colorful. learns a valuable lesson on the way as well, like, as yeah. in him and Reese Witherspoon. Like, So she's initially, she wants to become colour like everybody else. And she's like, well, I've had 10 times more sex than anybody else. Yeah. And Toby Maguire's like, well, maybe it's not about that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, for once it's not about sex. Yeah. And oh, because she gets really into books. That's yeah. it. Once she opens up all she the becomes, books. She becomes a nerd. Like she yeah. puts nerd glasses she, on. Yeah, she, gets, <laughs> she fully gets, yeah. She gets, uh, the, she's all lattered. Yeah. yeah. In reverse. Yeah. She discovers that she really liked literature. And mm-hmm. uh, so she stops sleeping with Paul Walker and instead she just mm-hmm. stays in and reads. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with Reese Witherspoon's arc. Just because for the first half of the movie, she's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Probably this is the most fun I've ever seen Reese Witherspoon be. Like this yeah. election. Like I really like yeah. it when she's this kind of character. Uh, but then she kind of disappears from the movie. She does, yeah. It's a shame because she's I so guess they just, more they, entertaining. I guess they just didn't find anything else for her to do. Yeah. They'd already settled on Tobey Maguire being the main character because he knows everything about the town or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there was only room for the one of them. I think so, yeah. Well, also... And like everything that did happen with Tobey Maguire in the second half of the film... I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. No, it was great. It, yeah. I, it's just a shame that she gets a little bit slut shamed. Yeah. She, she literally says at the end, like, I did the whole slut thing. It got old. Like, it, it feels like, oh, now she's, and she decides to stay in the fifties. Mm. So that, that's the other weird thing. She, like, he goes back to the 20th century yeah. at the end and she stays, she decides to stay in Pleasantville mm-hmm. and just be a good, like she goes to college. So she's bettering herself, but it's mm. a bit like, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's a bit of a weird message. It's like women know your place kind of thing. Like a little bit. That's not the message I got from it, but it certainly was weird. Like she was just giving up on her, her original life. Yeah. Um, just to be like, Oh no, I've been given a better chance here. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this one. Mm-hmm. It did make me wonder, like, do you have no friends and not care about your parents at all? Yeah. I get that your parents are separated, but they're only separated. Yeah. Like if, if they'd been like foster parents and, and, and and Reese Witherspoon was like an orphan or something, and yeah. actually had no emotional connection to these people who had, who, who she lived with. Then yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But no, she has two biological parents. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I was so we're at the end of the movie. So like I said, everyone's gone into Technicolor. It's great. Mm. And Toby Maguire figures out a way out of the town. I think the old man lets him out, does he, or gives him the remote? Something. Oh no, he, he just still had the remote. I think. Maybe it works now. Or something. I don't know. I, I can't remember. But anyway. so, suddenly he has the remote, and also suddenly, without saying anything, everybody knows that he's from the future. Or yeah, whatever. they skim over that. But yeah, yeah. So he decides to go back to the real world, but Reese Witherspoon decides to stay in Pleasantville indefinitely. Yeah. So then he goes back to the 20th century and has a lovely scene with his mom, which I think you were going to talk about with yeah. the, the reverse of the makeup. So well, I also I like that his the the thing that makes him turn color is that. He defends his mum. Yes. Like in character in, in, in the TV show, but it's him defending his mum and sticking up for his mum. That's what does it. And that's another bit that sort of comes around at the end when, you know, he comes back into the real world and his mum, also the mum from Malcolm in the Middle, she's there and she's given up on her date and she's just, she's sitting at home at the kitchen table and she's just crying her eyes out because her life is just, it's, she thinks it's not worth living, basically. She's having a, complete breakdown mm-hmm. and yeah then he goes over and he comforts her and he you know he wipes the, mas- the mascara that's pouring out of her eyes and he just sort of sits and talks with her and it's it's a really beautiful scene that just sort of brings all full circle it is it's lovely like that's the lesson he learned from going in there yeah it's like to, not idealize the perfect family but actually yeah. yeah the imperfect family is yeah yeah it's his family but i did wonder like what does she think happened to her daughter yeah at what point is she like so where's Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Where did she go? It's it's a weird one because it, it wouldn't have been difficult to bring her back. No. And and then like like she goes and she's like, right, I'm going to the library. Yeah. It's a weird choice like, to just leave her in the sitcom. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. yeah. 
We'll come back to that. I'm sure we will, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so he goes back. Reese Witherspoon stays in the town. As you mentioned, he has this scene of comfort in his real mom, played mm-hmm. by Jane Kaczmarek from Malcolm in the Middle. And then we end the movie with the sitcom mom, Joan Allen, mm. and William H. Macy sat on a park bench talking about how they don't know what's going to happen now. You yeah. know? And then it strongly implies that there's some kind of thruple happening. Yeah. <laughs> because then Jeff Daniels, who's the mum's obviously been having an affair with, is also mm. sat on the bench. He's like, yeah, me too. Like, I thought it was a bit lazy mm. because for me, it didn't, Im- didn't imply that it was like three ways happening. No. It was more that like, so who did she end up with? Did she end up with her husband? Yeah. Or did she end up with like the main romance of the film? Mm-hmm. You know, either one that would you know be sort of like nice and happy just like oh like she did love her husband yeah. or whatever and well she it seemed pretty clear it was jeff daniels well yeah yeah but well like it switched didn't it because it was William h macy the first for the first half of the scene and then it was jeff daniels for the second it was like okay so which one is it is it is it one or is it the other no, i mean in the context of the whole film you'd think it's clearly jeff daniels sure but then like the dad had this arc yeah no, that, he kind did. That, 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 that kind of went full circle when like he you know, he realizes that he misses her and it's not just he misses her cooking. Yeah. And like, that doesn't get addressed at all. True. If she doesn't end up with him at the end. Whereas if she ends up with him at the end, then like his arc feels good. Like he, you know, just needed to say to his wife that he loved her and he missed her when she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But then that's kind of harsh for uh, Jeff Daniels' character who has his own thing and that's a bit of romance there. So for me, it just kind of felt like the makes of the film weren't making a decision either way. Yeah. They no, were just like, ambiguous, yeah. ah, let's just leave it like the viewer can decide, you know, which which one they decide is the best. Yeah. Um, which, yeah which is fine, but... Sure, but again, it just feels it feels a tad lazy. Well, and, was, and kind of like you said about how the film sort of starts off, like how do we get them into the world? Let's yeah. have this magic man show up at the door. Yeah. It kind of feels like that level of writing. I don't know why I've talked for myself down this. Like I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, no, same. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it, I know what you mean. It, it's it's not really too concerned about tying everything up in a neat little bow. So. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the film, essentially. Yeah. All right, drinking games then? Sure. Okay. So first I've got here is Drink Every Time the William H. Macy. Yes. Yes. Uh, the William H. Macy takes off his hat. Oh, nice. Okay, yes. That's a classic 50s sitcom thing, the yeah. dad with the hat. Yeah. Yeah. I had Drink for Insanely Large Meals. Mm-hmm. As a fun visual guy. Definitely. I, I, I loved all the yeah. food in this. Yeah, of course you did. There's lots of them being, again, with this idea of the mom being this like perfect homemaker. Every scene she's just... I loved it at the beginning when she serves them like a full roast dinner for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love how... I, I loved how it escalated mm. when it's like, okay, so you want some pancakes. Here's 10 pancakes. Here's some eggs or whatever. Like, here's a bucket of eggs. Yeah. And I'm just going to pour an entire jug of maple syrup over the whole thing. And then I'm just going to slap a steak down. It's going to splash everywhere. (laughs) And it implies that Reese Witherspoon ate all that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, you probably would. Like, because nobody in that that show is fat. No. But they all eat like like that. Mm -hmm. So that implies that you can eat that food without getting fat. Sure. In that world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Go for it. Mm -hmm. I love eating. Yeah, I know. If I could eat all day and not get full or fat, yeah. all I'd do. Live the dream. Yeah. So next one, drink whenever Tobey Maguire has to explain something. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. Do you mean because he under- he he like really lives in this world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it has to like explain art or explain just anything really. Yeah. Yeah. The first half of the film, like obviously, he has his own little arc where he discovers how to be more, um, you know, um, a little bit more open-minded, and yeah. I think his, his yeah his whole thing is rebelling against this. But for the first half of the movie, he's a little bit sinister, really, because he's like, he's very much just like keeping it. He's very much about keeping everyone repressed and keeping everyone. Well, at that point, you don't you don't really know that it's repression, mm-hmm. like because they probably don't think of any of these people as real. True, like, yes, they're, exactly. they, they're just they're in a TV show. Yeah, so yeah, I can kind of understand that, but uh, I do find it weird that like they've got Tobin Maguire, who is the squarest person ever. Mm-hmm. To just come in and be like, hey, you can do anything. Life in Technicolor. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, he sells it well. He, it's a really good role for him. Sure. But it's just, it's weird. Like when you look at him at the start of this film or in Spider-Man or in The Great Gatsby or something, he's just really not very imaginative. No. <laughs> I really, I realized it's been a while since I've seen a Tobey Maguire film. Same. Um, And I realized I can't, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that 
that that character in Molly's game was based on him. Yeah, yeah same, the, same, yeah. Really awful. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, oh Expl- explain that, though. Oh, in Molly's game, there's a character played by Michael Serra, who is a celebrity who's also a poker player. Yeah. He's just an awful, like, he's a cheat, and he, doesn't he, like, what does he do? He's like this Hollywood brat, isn't he? Doesn't he, like, steal Molly's whole game or something? And yeah. Get her in so, trouble yeah. just for the fun of it. And just, it's just an, a, a wanker. Yeah. And then it turns out that character was based very strongly on the on Toby Maguire in real life, which mm-hmm. totally tracks, but just, it really, yeah, sure. like, yeah. It, it just, it, it, I couldn't, I couldn't completely wipe that from my mind when I was watching this. I Same. Like, oh, dear. Same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not made a film in which he's been in front of the camera for, like, eight years. Really? Yeah. I know it's he's like, coming back to Spider-Man, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would, like, Great Gatsby, like, one of his last ones, then? Yeah, I think so. His last film, that he's done like producing work and a little bit of voice work. Mm. But the last film that I could see on it, and he's not like he's done TV either. He's just mm. kind of dropped off the radar a bit. The last like feature film he did, which he's like a named character on screen, was in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. God, Marvel must be paying him a lot to they come must, back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know whether he's not worked because he's not wanted to work mm. or whether he's not worked because no one will hire him because he's a little dick. Who knows? Yeah, but I, I reckon that you could... Tom McGuire could probably get a lot of work. I'm sure he could get something, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just such an asshole that he can't stop being an asshole. Yeah. It's a mystery. Yeah. But he is right for this part, definitely. Yeah. And it's it's fun to watch him and Reese Witherspoon in very early stages of their careers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Especially for her, this is like one of the... He's, he was like a bit of a child star. He'd done some things before this, but yeah. she like... Really, this is she did this, then she did Election, then she did Legally Blonde. Like, it all... Mm. And Cruel Intentions, this, it, it, this is like... Very, very early Reese Witherspoon. So mm. it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a good role for her, for her as well. Oh, actually. it's a great role for her. She's per- she's perfect at these characters. Like mm. it is, you know, she's she's played these teenage, you know, when she had, this is from her teenage phase, you know, when she mm. did, she did all those teen movies. Like she's great at this. She's great at an election. Like mm. these are roles. She's, there's bitchy high school girls is a, definitely a thing. I think she plays very well. Yeah. Now she just plays bitchy moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drink every time the movie skips over an important plot hole. Go on. It does, well, like we said, like, the old man showing up and putting them into the world in the first place is very yeah. undefined. Yeah. The question of whether the mum would have any concept of where her children came from. One thing I was surprised that they didn't, uh, they, they didn't flirt with the idea of is somebody getting pregnant. Yes, exactly. Because there's loads of sex happening, mm-hmm. presumably without protection. Yes. Can these characters have, get pregnant? Who knows? Well, I guess so. Like by the end of it, they've created a, an entire world. Sure, yeah. Like, there is a bus stop that goes to places outside of Pleasantville. They've created, they've literally created a world. But yeah, so like, what, what would happen if somebody got pregnant? What if the mum got... No, very bad example, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's not a criticism. I think I actually like the fact the movie doesn't get too bogged down in detail because that's something yeah. that often makes more his b- movies quite boring is that yeah, they spend true. too long on explaining exactly when or why things happen. It's like, oh, just get us to the fun bit. And this movie's clearly just like, well, let's just get to the fun bit. Let's just do the fun bits. And that's what this movie does. It just goes to the fun bit. So yeah. I appreciate that. So drink whenever they skip over a boring bit. Basically, yes. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, drink for each new thing that turns color. Yes, I had that too. No matter how small. So mm-hmm. even if it's a rose or if it's just someone's tongue or if it's an entire town. So every time you see a new thing that's developed colour, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you get cars and books and yeah. fire, you get everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My last one is drink for sexual references. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this movie is very smutty. Yep. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk? Is this what you wanted to talk about? The basketball hoops or was that something else? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, the, 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 so they're all perfect shots. Yeah. But then, like, the next day after Paul Walker has learned about sex, Tom Maguire walks in, everybody's huddled around Paul Walker, including the coach. Yeah, nobody um, knows. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, which is great. And I just, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall and actually hear some of that conversation. Yeah. Just like, guys, guys, I need to tell you about sex. Yeah. This is going to be, it's going to blow your minds. This is going to be great. So this is how it works. And this is what we do. And this is, and you know, it's, it's great. You should all go and try it. And then everybody's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And he would be the coolest guy in school. Or the most instantly, like, they'd burn him as a witch. <laughs> well, clearly it was the former. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the last drinking game I've got is drink for old-fashioned words that you don't hear anymore. Okay. Swell. Swell, yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Gee whiz. Oh, gee whiz, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they should bring some of these back. Yeah, I'm after I'm, I'm I'm using them, I think. Mm, I don't know if you could pull it off, but sure. You can try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe from wearing a bow tie while I do it. Oh, no, 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 no. No adult man should wear a bow tie. Black and white makeup? This is getting increasingly problematic. I would stop, stop now. Just, just don't even go down this road. Nothing good can come of this. Like. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, sure. 
All right, that concludes drinking games. Yeah. So, listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode or mm-hmm. any other episode that we've done, then you can consider helping me and John out by going to patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you can subscribe for as much or as little as you want because we do a pay as you feel system. We don't honor the tiered system they do there. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you get everything. So, you get a bonus show where we review uh, recent releases. Mm-hmm. You also get a 30 second advert slot on the main show. Uh, once a month, vaguely. Uh, we do a Patreon episode where we get a Patreon picked vaguely at random and they can choose a film for us. Yep. You can come and guest on the episode if you want. You don't have to, though. You can just choose one for us. Personally, it's my favorite thing because we get to learn about the kind of films that we would never watch otherwise. Well, we'll see if you still feel that way after next week when we have a Patreon episode. I don't like that tone of voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not my choice. I'm just okay. honoring the listeners. Okay, okay. I mean, I have very often, for, for the Patreon choices, I've very often thought like... Oh, really mm. but i've still not been disappointed by it oh good it's pretty much every time it's been like oh, what is this and then it's really won me around okay well, so we'll see. run to a good street guys don't break it <laughs> it's too late that he's chosen like you can't, <laughs> you can't like, hear this yeah, now like, yeah but i might like it sure you, you might yeah. <laughs> i'm just talking out to the world i know yeah um yes well that is available at patreon.com slash beyond the box set indeed so what does a receptionist do when the fire alarm goes off i don't know Call the fire brigade? I seriously hope that was a joke. That's what the fire alarm is for. Well, she's the one who asked what to do. I'm just guessing. Well, I think you'd have to be the one that makes sure everyone knows where the fire exits are and checks that everyone is out of the building. Like, we have the list of guests. It's not that hard. I just wait till it actually happens and we'll see if you find it's not that hard. What are you going to do if everyone goes off running in different directions before you check them off your list? Or someone sleeps through it. I highly doubt you can sleep through a fire alarm. I have. Sure. So what, we're just going to say they'll check off all the guests as they exit the building to make sure they're all out? Welcome to The Quids In is a new fictional podcast coming to all podcasting platforms weekly from September 10th, 2020. Learn more about the show by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com and clicking on Support Us. So. Sequels. Yeah. Do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, how many have you got? Just the one. Just the one. Cool. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so my sequel, very much a present day sequel, mm-hmm. I think. So it's just based on some thoughts I had because this movie does leave things very open ended. I mm. think it's a it's a good one for sequels because it really leaves a lot of open. The world is so open. The world is completely yeah. open. There's so much you could think about. So yeah. in this version, Tobey Maguire is still living his life in the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's very much an adult, an adult now. He's in his forties. He's probably got quite a high stress job. He's living in the rat race, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So one day he's gets back from work you know, he's had a hard day at the office whatever maybe he takes his hat off as he walks into the front door <laughs> but he slumps into the sofa and turns on the television yeah and immediately is greeted by reese witherspoon who's on the tv on the tv yeah because i'm thinking she's stayed in pleasantville yeah and she's decided to stay there full time she's still there like 20 years later mm-hmm. and because obviously it's the 1950s there she can't is it still the 50s there well i didn't you gave me a good idea the whole aging thing was puzzling to me because mm. obviously 20 years have passed mm. But then I was like, well, are we going to have to explain that she's been in there and it's for 20 years? Mm. But actually, because Reese Witherspoon looks the damn same. Yeah. I'm thinking Toby Maguire, and Toby Maguire decidedly does not. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've not seen him like since, you know, since he did his last film or whenever that yeah. was. But like watching this and knowing it, you know, Spider-Man in three years, yeah. I can see an age difference between this and Spider-Man. Sure. Yeah. And like, that's just three years. Yeah. No, he hasn't like aged disastrously. But no, he's, but he's aged. He no longer looks 17. Yeah. Let's be real. So <laughs> I'm thinking in the outside world, he's aged, but Reese Witherspoon stayed the same. Sure. And time hasn't passed. It's just been the 50s yep. this whole Sounds time. Sounds great. So she's been living this wonderful life where nothing ever changes. And she's quite happy mm-hmm. with that for 20 years. But I'm thinking the reason that she's, because she's in this television magical fantasy sitcom land, mm. that's the only way she can contact him. Right. You know, as brother and sister, she can't just like, email him or call him up or even write a letter so when she wants to contact him get in touch with him all she does is just appear on tv as if by magic much like the old man in the original yeah so she pops up on the screen and says i need your help please come to pleasantville some really weird shit's going down yeah so he jumps through the tv and is like what's wrong what's wrong and she explains Mm -hmm. that over the past few months things have been different in pleasantville things haven't been Mm -hmm. the way they should be some strange things have been happening in the town. So mm-hmm. for a start, people she's known for 20 odd years in Pleasantville, you know, friends and relatives mm. have disappeared and been replaced by different people pretending to be those same people. 
new actors new actors yeah okay new actors playing the same roles right and it's very strange yeah uh and nobody else seems to notice but her yeah also general events in town are getting increasingly outlandish Mm -hmm. like she had a baby without even realizing she was pregnant right okay just all those kind of things and everything's moving super fast and people are starting to have relationships with people where it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. like that there was no previous indication that those relationships were on the cards but now it's just happening people are just getting together have you watched the first two episodes of wandavision yet no it's this it's the have I, is it, well I, no it's not you've pitched one division but like it's so similar to pleasantville okay yeah, like, well, yeah a lot of people a lot of our listener submissions were one division related yeah. so and it, it's why it's why i picked it oh sure don't, don't get sense. me wrong yeah yeah but uh, yeah. yeah well basically all these strange things are starting to happen the plots you know, the day-to-day life of the characters are starting to become increasingly outlandish and weird and mm. straining believability also characters are starting to get recast randomly yeah and also now the town starts to look a bit cheap and thing, oh. things are starting to disappear. Like mm-hmm. entire sections of the town are just disappearing. Mm-hmm. Like Lover's Lane is gone. Right. Uh, okay. And buildings are disappearing and just like fading away. What's that about? Well, this is the thing. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know what's happening. She's mm-hmm. like, maybe you can help figure it out. And so the two of them spend some time in Pleasantville together and he kind of sees firsthand how things are starting to get weird. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it hits him. The show is running out of plot. Running out of plot. It's running out of plot. Right. Okay. Because if you remember in the f- in the film, mm. when they first go into Pleasantville, mm. he actually says, "Oh, it's that episode." Yes, like so it's not just that they've landed in the world of Pleasantville, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've landed in a specific episode of Pleasantville. Yeah. So I'm thinking that you can explain the 20 year thing by the fact that it, back in the day they used to film like three episodes a day of these shows mm-hmm. and just like churn them out. So maybe like Pleasantville, maybe it's like, oh my god, you got to the end. Like mm. they've run through every episode of Pleasantville. Maybe they right. shot like 500 episodes in like two years or something. Yeah. And now she's, she's got to the end and now the show is about to be canceled due to low ratings. Oh God. And so now things are starting. That's why, you know, cause you know, when shows get to the end and the plot starts to get a little bit far fetched and yeah. you do start to getting characters leaving and the actors being recast. You know, that, yeah. That's a sign of a sitcom in decline or a TV mm-hmm. show in decline, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. So now it's Pleasantville is starting to decline mm-hmm. and it's starting to vanish before her very eyes. Okay. And so now the two of them have to race against time to rescue Pleasantville somehow. So I'm thinking he has to go. I mean, it's a show from 40 years ago from, yeah. from well, the start of this. Mm-hmm. It finished ages ago. So, well, this is the conundrum. This right. is the conundrum. So I'm thinking he jumps back into the real world and has to figure out, okay, how can I bring back Pleasantville? What can mm-hmm. I do? And he does some research and it turns out that the show is also getting pulled from the current network. It's on it's being repeated on through right, to okay. due to low racing. So it's not going to be on the air anywhere anymore. And that's kind of yeah. contributing to it. Maybe mm-hmm. what I was thinking is you could also answer another plot hole in this movie, which mm. is that if the world of Pleasantville is based on a real sitcom yeah. that, that really was created in the real world. Yeah. What happened to the actors who played those characters? I, I've been thinking this one too. Yeah. Cause well, sorry if I'm stepping on your sequel. No, no. But, so, but cause like, it's only 30, 40 years between the 50s and the 90s. So mm. presumably the younger ones would still be alive. Mm-hmm. So what happened to them? Have they been cloned? Have they like, Do the characters have souls on the show? Like, Well, I think, yes, I think they do have souls. So yeah, they have essentially been cloned, mm-hmm. but they're not living in the same world. Okay. They're, they're not aware to, of each other. They're living in two realities. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking you could do, you could spin this off into Tobey Maguire, then seeking out some surviving cast members maybe the, mm. the producer like whoever might still be alive a lot of them will have died obviously of old age mm-hmm. but trying to figure out like well, how the to... recasted people yeah sure but no but i'm thinking fine i'm he needs to go and contact the original actors who played yes i know but like so in the tv world you said that people were changing faces yes so they were presumably changing faces to younger actors from the real world this is true yeah so like, there'll be a counterpart for each of those yeah, but I'm thinking he needs to... Uh, yes, I guess. But I'm thinking more like he just needs to find the original cast and crew and yeah. try and get a proper revival going, basically. Yeah. That. So it's basically him racing against time to try and get a revival of Pleasantville off the ground. A movie? A movie. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it's a movie. Maybe yeah. it's a Netflix Netflix yeah. revival. <laughs> Netflix revival, yeah. So the first half of the movie is him running around desperately trying to get a net, a, uh, a revival of Pleasantville off the ground. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it doesn't work. Like there's, It's just too, too much time has passed. There's no interest in it. Yeah most of the people involved are now dead. Mm-hmm. Like, apart from the people who played the youngest kids, most of them have died. So there's just no scope for you whatsoever. Yeah. So he realizes, look, there's nothing we can do. You've reached the end of Pleasantville. So we need to get you out. But also, obviously, they've got lots of friends that they care very deeply about now mm-hmm. in Pleasantville. She might have a husband and children. Mm-hmm. 
So now it's, they have to evacuate Pleasantville before the town disappears. Right. And they're like the last episode is airing and the, the town is just slowly disappearing oh bit God. by little bits. It's yeah. kind of, you could do some creepy visuals with this. Yeah. It could be like the end of Never Ending Story. Have you ever seen that movie? No. No, never mind. Um, but yeah, I could certainly imagine just like everything starts getting darker and everything's getting... Buildings like, are falling closer apart. Closer yeah. and yeah, falling apart sort of thing. Yeah. Like you can no longer see the horizon. It's just black. Yes, exactly. There's, yeah. there's nothing there. Everything's shrinking. It's like, a, it's like a dying star. Yeah. Maybe he makes some like changes to the magical remote. Mm. Just basically so that the people who are living in Pleasantville can also come through the TV. Mm-hmm. So him and Reese Witherspoon work together and figure out a plan to evacuate Pleasantville essentially. Yeah. So they, everybody comes out with all of the TV characters escape from Pleasantville and now they're in the real world. Mm-hmm. And now you can do like a complete role reversal. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the film can be how him and Reese now have to teach 1950s people how to live in the present day. <laughs> so it's just literally the, the adverse. And now they're having to come to terms with like the modern world and they actually have to meet some actual black people and, you know, <laughs> And gay people and, and yeah. trans people, you know, just that, there's a whole world mm-hmm. that they that's completely not been part of their world whatsoever, and now they're having to adapt. And so it's all about them struggling to adapt to people who've literally come from the 1950s from this picture perfect world, yeah. having to adapt to the pleasant to the present day. Some do very well, and some really don't. Mm-hmm. And he has to teach them. And I think in, at the end of the film, it can climax with like some characters really can't adapt to this, and it's really mm. pushing them into themselves, and it's making them. They hate the modern world. They don't like it. They don't understand it. It's too yeah. com- it's too complicated for them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas some of them love it and it they thrive and they become even more colourful. You know, but uh, so at the end, the characters that can adapt do adapt and they go out and live these brand new lives in the in the mm-hmm. ninety in the two thousand twenties. But the ones that can't, Toby Maguire helps them to set up a new Pleasantville. Yeah, just a little town in the real world that is like New Pleasantville. Right, like, okay. just somewhere out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And they rebuild Pleasantville, but in the real world. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So that is, and maybe he moves in and he gets to be like the mayor of Pleasantville. Yeah. So he, 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 oh, yeah. Because that's, that's cool. maybe like in the real world, he's not had the happiest of times. He's, mm. you know, he, life hasn't really treated him very well. He, he doesn't like his job. Mm-hmm. He feels unfulfilled. So now he finds meaning by re- rebuilding Pleasantville and becoming its mayor. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was uh, Pleasantville 2, reviving Pleasantville. Nice. Mm. Nice. Thank you. I, I, I was quite pleased with that one. Yeah, that does sound good. Okay, so I've got uh, I've got a few, but they're all quite small. Okay. So the first one is literally just a list that I just brainstormed of shows and films that would be fun to uh, put Tobey Maguire in, basically. What, just Tobey Maguire specifically? No, no, no. As in put, put like, just some square teenage nerd character mm-hmm. into. Um, Why didn't you just choose yourself? Say, okay, sure, me, whatever, fine. Yeah. I mean, am I square or am I round? You keep telling me different things, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know you both. Um, <laughs> uh, so initially, start off with the obvious, obvious ones, you know, like Star Trek and Doctor Who and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we've already talked about how that could be interesting. Yeah. But uh, it could be more interesting if it's something a bit more with a bit more drama, like Breaking Bad or something. Oh, interesting. So you get like an absolute Breaking Bad nerd, somebody who knows every inside out thing from Breaking Bad, which, you know, there are many people in the world who do that. And uh, yeah, have somebody just come into the Breaking Bad universe and become like, jesse or walt or something oh you know it could be fun though actually yeah. kind of a crossover with my idea a little bit where you could because in this whole show this whole film is about a very idealized very tame very safe 1950s you mm-hmm. know sitcom maybe a character from that sitcom gets accidentally transported into a modern tv show like breaking bad which is incredibly ah, gritty and, yeah 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 and he has to like yeah and they have to adapt to that world from being like in this very safe antiseptic that's what i was looking sure. for antiseptic 50s sitcom suddenly they're in this like very gritty 21st century drug drama and mm-hmm. like the whole world of tv has changed and so how do they adapt to that that could be interesting yeah totally yeah maybe it could be like a sequel to yours where one of the characters is obsessed with getting back to pleasantville yes and they just keep trying different tv shows and they get stuck they yeah it. they're just traveling through like channel hopping they get stuck, yeah. stuck in so maybe, all the TV maybe, so maybe it's well and macy then yeah yeah that would work really well yeah that'd be perfect and he would be great in breaking bad yeah, yeah. Um, next ones I've got, uh, we'll just skip through these real quickly. Just the big franchises, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel, stuff like that. Sure, yeah. Trying to get just one of the square characters from Pleasantville to go into those and just be like, oh my God, what on earth is going on? Yeah. Because, you know, fancy franchise is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, get a bit meta, The Matrix. Okay. So somebody finds themselves in a world where they are in a world. In a world. Where they're in a world. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I like that. I don't know, that could be interesting. So like, yeah, so like, are you thinking like Neo crops up in Pleasantville and like asks, asks someone to take the red pill? Yeah, maybe that sort of thing. Yeah. And then they, I don't know, they wake up or whatever. Yeah. Um, Baywatch. Okay. <laughs> Go on. They're getting more ridiculous. But sure, like, okay. So again, are we thinking a Pleasantville character ends up in Baywatch or a person in the real world ends up in Baywatch? Yeah, I'm just thinking like if... If a nerd ended up in Baywatch. Yeah, if just like an absolute, a hardcore Baywatch fan ended up in Baywatch. Okay. And is it the, okay, so if that was the concept, would it be, and you've got like a nerd who's like, you know, a Tobey Maguire type maybe, who's not necessarily Mm. like the most sexy ripped guy in the world. Oh, totally, yeah. So is it that everyone thinks of him as having like a six pack David Hasselhoff in his body? Yeah. Or is he running around like with his very much not that body? Like, Nah, I say that everybody thinks he's got that body. But he doesn't. And but he's he doesn't. confused why everyone's like swooning over him. Yeah. Oh, that's, that yeah, that could yeah. be fun, yeah. And he can't run very fast. It's always in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, sort of, that's sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, next one I've got is uh, just football. Just general football. Just the world of football. Yep, somebody points the remote at the TV when the football is on. Maybe it's a live match. Mm-hmm. They press the button. They become the ball. Oh, they become the ball. <laughs> oh, that's that's it's not, maybe, maybe it wasn't their intention. Yeah. Maybe they wanted to become David Beckham or whatever, but uh, they are the ball. So they're trapped in the in like a sentient ball, but the, the ball can't do anything. Yeah, just trying to find the TV remote, trying to get kicked over to the oh, TV. Oh, that sounds like a Black Mirror episode or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one I've got, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Okay. They become a celebrity. They want to get out of here. Great. I mean, but well, you've really thought these ones through. Harry. But it's not just they want. <laughs> it's not just they want to get out of the forest, though. They want to get back to uh, back to their living yeah. room. Well, again, that could be like a Pleasantville sitcom character having to try and understand what passes for entertainment in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. Like the whole concept of reality TV. Yeah, completely froze them. Yeah. So another Pleasantville character, maybe the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, th- I'm thinking for this one. He presses it at the news, and he becomes president. Oh no. What do you think of that? So he goes from being a mayor of Pleasantville to running the whole world. Yeah. And he, his whole goal is the same. He just wants everything to be black and white and antiseptic and safe and definitely no integration of the races. Absolutely. Yeah. He'd probably be disturbingly popular <laughs> if, if recent history has shown us everything. <laughs> the Queen's Speech. The Queen's Speech. Okay. So somebody just essentially tries to become the Queen. Uh-huh. So it's a TV character who becomes the Queen. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Reese Witherspoon's character or something. Oh, okay. So it's an uh, okay. So it's an American high school type, yeah. <laughs> who clicks on and ends up in the Crown or the Queen's Speech or something like that. Yeah. And then they realize that they're in the character of the Queen, so they have to like fake it mm-hmm. and put on like a really ridiculous, fakey British accent and just try and make shit up. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. And suddenly they've got this horrendous family that nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. They realize, oh God, I've made a huge mistake. Yes. And uh, the last one I've got is a sonogram. Wait, what? So is the Where's the consciousness? In the know. baby or in the mother? Yeah, baby, because that's what the thing's of, isn't it? Oh, so the sonogram is the TV show. So suddenly a person has been zoomed in back yeah. into the womb. Yeah, basically. So basically you're talking about the plot. Start life again. Look who's talking movies. I do not know what that is. The movies from the 90s where there was... They're really creepy movies. We couldn't... <laughs> they'd be such good for this podcast if there weren't like five of them. But they were this really creepy phenomenon where it was... John Travolta and Kirstie Alley as two people who have a couple who have a baby together. Yeah. And then the whole movie is the, from the perspective of the baby, but the baby from in the womb through to being born, the baby's voice, like the baby's inner monologue is voiced by Bruce Willis. Right. Yeah. And it's like the baby's like wisecracking in Bruce Willis kind of voice. Like, okay. They, they were hugely popular in the nineties. These, there were like four movies about this. Um, they're not very good. They're terrible. They sound it. They're absolutely awful, but it was a whole thing. Yeah. Like, four movies. Well, in the second one, he had a sister whose inner monologue was played by Roseanne Barr. Then there was one where there was dogs. Like, it's well, a thing. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm thinking of that, like suddenly a baby, like a fetus even, <laughs> a fetus has like an adult consciousness and it's just like, well, this is fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm shitting over the look who's talking I did because that's just, that's this. They made it? a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know about that. Um, I just came up with a multi-million dollar box office franchise. <laughs> That's already happened, but it's you didn't know that. It's, so, not, it's, it's, yeah. not the, it's not the first time I've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, before I learned about it, I invented division, the mathematical operation of division. I didn't know what division was. I'd not been taught it, but I made it up in my you head. invented it. And it worked. It's good for so, you. Yeah. You could just speed up a little bit. You could might actually hit on something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I patented it. Very good. Very good. Should we get to listener submissions then? Yeah, what have you got? Cool. So I have a few this week. J. Alex Boyd said Pleasantville. 
It turns out there's an even nicer but even more racist town nearby. <laughs> sure. Adam Capitano made the obvious joke, which is Unpleasantville. Nice. Alison Atterbury said, The ending leaves you with a lot of possibilities. I'm most curious about the sexual revolution that I assume would happen very soon after the events of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And specifically, what happens with the Joan Allen, William H. Macy, Jeff Daniels love triangle. Mm. But that's a good point. Like, if we don't assume that time stops, yeah. and we assume that time carries on in Pleasantville, yeah. at a certain point, they're going to get into the proper swing in 60s and then into, like, the 70s. Mm. So you could explore that, how, like, a town that has been in this black and white 50s world suddenly enters the 70s and the mm-hmm. 60s and how the characters evolve and Reese Witherspoon already knowing what's going to happen, how she deals with that. So yeah, that could yeah. work. Very good, Alison. Uh, Justine Weisinger said, where's my dinner? <laughs> William H. Macy goes on a series of wild adventures trying to find out where the hot dinner that mid-century American society owes him is. So. <laughs> yep. I like that. I like that. The idea of that as his catchphrase. He's just like traveling the world going, where's my dinner? Where's my dinner? Where's my dinner? <laughs> Mike Carey said, Shelbyville, it takes place in a neighboring town that's always had color at the same time as the original movie. <laughs> a rivalry. Sure. Over on Twitter, at uh, Telly Hell said, a crossover with WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's clearly been a popular choice. Uh, Julio from the Contrarians at Contrarian Prime said, whatever happens, the gimmick has to be a 3D CGI fest existence being transformed into a 2D practical FX life. Okay. With the modern cinematic world, everyone's in like perfect 3D and, mm. you know, gets thrown into like a movie from like the year 2000 when there's no... So like a character from Avatar sort of thing. Yes, but thrust into... Into this. Something dodgy, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. And finally, Cinema Recall at Cinema underscore Recall said, a black couple gets transported to Pleasantville as a white couple finds out that the mayor and some citizens are hiding their cultures and identities among all the other white population. Mm. So I guess that's like, maybe not everyone in Pleasantville was white, mm. but they were, they, those that weren't were hiding their true identities to blend in. Right, I see. And now something's going to force them to choose a side. Yeah. Yes, very, very good. So those are our sequel ideas this week. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others. You can also leave us a five-star review if you so wish. It really helps us to attract new listeners, so please do consider doing that. As mentioned earlier, we're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxit.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, yeah. Harry, we have a new Patreon pick. Hey. So we have a patron named Ollie, yeah. who has made a request. He doesn't want to join us. He just wants us to do this film. Apparently it would make his girlfriend very happy. Okay. So um, the film he has chosen is a film we've both already seen, a film we saw together. Okay. I feel a very popular film. Yeah. And that film is The Greatest Showman. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thoughts. No, I, I sorry. I just had to stop myself. And think, have we done this before? But we uh, have not. No. No, we've not. No. I think I was getting mixed up with uh, when we did La La Land and uh, our guest. Uh, yeah, when we went to Scotland. Ross, yeah, and yeah. he he did a, he did a very good Hugh Jackman singing impression. You're right. Yes, there was some kind of crossover happening. <laughs> yeah. There, so yeah. that was that. Cool. Okay. Great show, man. This will be a good one to come back to. It will be. It's been a while. It's been a few years. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, thank you, Harry. Listeners, join us next week for The Greatest Showman. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Where's my dinner?